This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Let's go right to Harry Dent. Uh, Harry, you and I have talked uh, for uh, many times uh, in the past. You are a guy that predicted exactly what was coming when it came. However, the Fed did the things to prop the markets up so we've not felt the pain of this. Can you go just a little bit into your history, how it works uh, you know, the demographic cliff, why you said uh, that uh, something is coming in, in 07 or 08, why it didn't hit the way you said it was, and what it means. Yeah, you know, what happened, Glenn, is, you know, the baby boomers, the largest generation to hit the earth since the Industrial Revolution, and, and around the world, but of course, the United States is the largest economy, and uh, in 1988, way back then, I came up with an indicator that simply moved forward the birth index of this massive generation for their predictable peak in spending at age 46. Now, the, the next generation's Looks like they're about 48, and the one before, the Bob Hope or World War II generation was 44, but 46 are alive. They gave us a boom, and in fact, the strongest boom in history from 1983 through 2007. And way back in the late 80s, we said, look, our economy is going to start weakening, and Japan is going to go down in the 90s because they're the first country to see their baby boom peak, and then Europe comes right on our tails. And so what we've been seeing is this demographic cliff around the world, and, and, and Germany actually has the worst demographics of any single wealthy Western country coming up in the next several years. And, and, and with all the troubles in Europe and the slow growth and now Brexit, everybody's thinking, well, Germany's going to hold up the Eurozone in Europe and the Euro. And it is not. They've got a worse demographic slide uh, in the next seven or eight years than, than, than I saw for Japan in, in, in the 1990s. And so we not only predicted that the U.S. and Europe was going to see the greatest boom in history in the 90s when a lot of people were calling for a depression back then, we said also, hey, Japan is going down. Uh, Japan is done. Their baby boom came before ours. Their real estate bubble came before ours, their stock bubble. And, uh, and of course, Japan went down and we went up. And uh, starting in 2008, we started crashing along with Europe. And, uh, you know, we were, I mean, 2008 was looking just like 1930 until government stepped in and printed about $10 trillion. And uh, China, China's going to create $4 trillion of, de- of debt just in this year Jeez. to build empty condos. And that's what they've been doing, building stuff for nobody now for decades. Um, so, so all of this is pretty obvious if you sit back and look at the facts. When do people spend money or not? We've had the greatest debt bubble in history in, in China, uh, in Japan, in Europe, the United States, everywhere. The only, I, I just got back from Australia speaking, and I, that's about the only government that doesn't have a super high debt ratio. They're only at 30% of GDP. Well, we're over 100. Japan's at 260% and rising. And, and, you know, this stuff is not hard to add up. Slowing demographics after a huge boom unprecedented debt 
And, and then when things slow down, instead of restructuring debt or cutting expenses like any household or business would do, what are governments around the world do? Just print money to cover it up. I mean, just that simple. And the stock markets are rallying today. I mean, they're not rallying today because of Brexit, and we were warning about that, but they've been rallying for years, even as bank stocks keep going down. I mean, Deutsche Bank the largest bank in Germany. Their stock's down something like 93% from its all-time high and down 65% just in the last year. And Italy banks are, are going under. They're going to be the next Greece. And, and the markets just seem to not worry about this stuff until some big political event like Brexit happens. I'm way more worried about Italy basically needing a massive bailout by the end of this year, and it's just not possible. And, and with Germany slowing, it's going to be even less possible. So, uh, And I'm worried about the China stock market crashing again. It crashed once, as we said, said it would, but China went and bought their own market. Everybody's into artificially propping up everything. They're not going to be able to do that for much longer. The United States did that in 1929. First crash was like China's, down 45% in a matter of three months, the government stepped in through the banks and bought their own stock market for several months, and then it collapsed again. That's going to happen with China. So the markets uh, are reacting to Brexit, but there's way worse stuff out there happening. So was Brexit a good thing or a bad thing, in your opinion? Well, you know, I would call it an, an inevitable thing. We've had a monetary and fiscal and trade zone union for, for a long time. And it almost broke up during the Civil War, but it got pulled back together. This is new to Europe. And, they, you know, they've had their own policies and own cultures forever. And, and now they have a weak, they have weaker demographic trends than we do. Uh, they're not as weak as Japan, but they're weaker than us. They, they keep having problems, keep falling back in the recession. And, and, and people are starting to question this. But, but you know, you know the, the straw that broke the camel's back was, you know, millions of refugees coming from the Middle East, and, and nobody wants to take them. They, they don't speak the language. You don't know if they're going to stay there, even though they could actually use some more young people there. But they're a different culture. They don't speak the language, and they're having, to, they're having to put them up in tents and fund them. And, of course, it makes it easier for terrorists to enter the country. So I think that's what, uh, or you know, weeks ago the polls were saying, well, it's going to be close, but they'll stay in. Well, no, in the, in the last week or so, that changed, and we started warning, well, you know, it looks like they just might leave, and there are consequences of that. So, so it's not a good thing economically um, to restrict trade to any degree, but it's, uh, to me, it's inevitable that more people are going to choose their own sovereignty and say, look, uh, we got to have our own monetary policy. There's a lot of countries that need to devalue in Southern Europe. They can't. Iceland already did years ago, and we said, look, Iceland devalued, took the hit in inflation for a couple years, defaulted on debts to Ireland and, and England, and now is doing better. Well, you know, we need this restructuring of debt. We need uh, restructuring of currencies, all this sort of stuff, and the euro is one of the things keeping that from happening. So I think this is inevitable that countries would say As, increasingly we want to choose our own destiny and especially with this migrant crisis over there okay so the two things that um i think motivate this the migrant crisis uh the, which causes people fear and i think justifiably so you i mean you can't have in the netherlands for instance 
uh, one out of every five women raped uh, and and not be fearful and not be justified in your fear and saying, hey, this has got to stop. Uh, they're having all kinds of problems where they're having to close down swimming pools because the men will molest the women and the little girls. It's horrible what's going on. But also, yeah, when you do... How do you, keep, how do you keep terrorists out with this many people flowing through don't. the borders? It, it's don't. hard enough as is. So, right. And it, yeah, but, I think, but you I also think have... this is what, what, what changed it. And I don't see why, you know, now Scotland's talking about splitting off from the UK and the Catalonians have been talking about splitting off from Spain. Polls in, in France and, and the Netherlands and Italy show that, that you know, 40% plus people are not happy with the European, European Union and the euro and all the facts. So, so I, I think this thing's just going to keep breaking up, and, and I, there may even be some movements in that direction in this country. Well, that's what I was— Because I think the economy—when when you have a crisis of this magnitude, debt, which you can control, and demographics, which you can't easily— and then you all you do is paper it over with more and more debt and more and more free money. How can you expect anything but a worse crisis ahead? So, I, I'm, I am I moved to Puerto Rico partly because I was building a vacation home down here and kept coming down here, and I actually liked it. So now we got a place in the city and a place on an island, and and I'm moving here, and it's a bankrupt country. They got big problems down here, but I think we've got bigger problems in the U.S. and 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 higher potential for civil unrest. Then Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico is not a safe place to be. Well, it's pretty nice where I am. They've got a new program in the last several years. It's attracting hedge fund managers and investment people and stuff. And in the nice areas along the north beaches, we had a hard time getting a condo, frankly. I go 20 minutes out. Oh, you know, people are moving back to the United States. The unemployment's high, uh, crime is high, but but there you would never know it uh, sitting where I'm sitting. But I'm just, you know, I've just got a condo lease for two years. I'm going to see what happens in America. See what happens here. Okay, uh, so wait a minute, Harry. You said, but I'm right now. I tell you, this is a nice place to be. You said that you believe that w- when you were talking about Brexit, you said you think it'll happen here in the United States. Are you talking about states seceding? Well, something like that. I, I think there's there's so much um, political polarization. Literally, I mean, we this is more like at the time of the Civil War. We. Obviously, we had high income inequality in the Roaring Twenties and Great Depression, high unemployment. I mean, all that sort of stuff. But there wasn't the, the us versus them sort of thing. It, it, it really, I mean, I speak in Europe, and they got a worse economy than we do. You know, I speak in Australia, they got a better economy than we do. But I tell you, the, the, the political polarization is very strong here, and people are angry. The Everyday persons has not seen a, a, a raise. Actually, they're below where they were in 2000 and very close to where they were, about the same as 1973. How are you going to be happy wow. in an economy where the top 1%, and I, I'll tell you the truth, it's not even the top 1%, it's the 0.1%. The one out of 1,000 households had walked away with most of the gains. Now, that part of that's a natural cycle. Part of it, it has been increased by the very government policies that don't charge you for money, that make short-term money free, and then they turn around and use that money to buy long-term bonds and push those down to free when you adjust for inflation. When money's free, all it leads to is one thing, speculation. And speculation 
only really benefits the investing class and, and does little or nothing for uh, the everyday person uh, who, by the way, is not getting a wage because they, they've had to compete with Chinese workers and everybody else for decades. So it, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a difficult thing. My thing is okay. there's no for it not to be difficult, but, but for governments to be increasing the debt and leverage. We've added $57 trillion to the global debt since the last downturn and bubble burst, and that's as much as we added in the bubble, you know, from 2000 to 2007 or 8. I mean, that's insanity. When, 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 you, when things like this finally burst, you're supposed to get realistic, cut expenses, especially in the private sector, let debt restructure. Well, when the government gives away free money to the banks and just pours money in the economy, they don't have to mark down that mortgage for that everyday person or that loan for that struggling business um, and, and so things can't turn around. Reset. So they're just they're okay. just making it worse. And in, so, in degree, there's income inequality. They're just making it work. But the the biggest thing is debt just keeps going up. All right. So and Harry, when it, it, we, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back. And I want to ask you. So what does the average person do? Because you talk to me about buying a home, renting a home, and I've never looked at it the way you explain it with the demographics. Uh, and it makes an awful lot of sense. So I'll talk to you about that coming up in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. We the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. had a uh, very interesting conversation last night with um, a guy who is a very, very big lefty uh, and um, and talked to him about gun control. And he said, wow, he went home and told his wife, I think I've changed my mind on gun control, um, said he's never heard that argument before. And I'll share that coming up in, in just a second. We have uh, Harry Dent with us here for a couple more minutes. Um, Harry is at HarryDent.com, HarryDent.com. And he's got a newsletter that you should read. He's He's got a book. Um, called the uh, Democratic Cliff that I think is essential for everybody to read. Harry, explain why you say you've sold your homes and you're only renting now. Uh, I said this back in uh, late 2005, right at the top of the bubble. Real estate tends to peak early on because it's earlier in the consumer spending cycle. The average person buys their largest house age 41, 42, but they don't spend the most money on their kids and family until age 46 and, and moving forward. So housing was in a bubble. And just like in Japan, we said, hey, this is going to burst. And of course, nobody believed me. It's hard to talk people out of real estate. But I was moving from Tampa to Miami, uh, I mean, Miami to Tampa anyway, because my wife's mother. And so we decided to rent. I've been renting ever since. I'm renting in an unbelievable condo in Puerto Rico, because it's in a bubble, too. Now, I didn't. I do own a, a vacation home on an island off of Puerto Rico because it's a special place, and I knew it was going to move, which it now has, from 25 to 5-acre zoning and five lots of mer- worth more than one, so that would cover any losses I would ever take on that and more. But I'm like, this is not the time to be real estate. It bubbled, and, and, and we only see a bubble in real estate once in a lifetime, you have to go back well, to the roaring 20s. The same thing with stocks. And, and we're in bubbles and stocks around the world. And people keep buying this stuff like it can't go down. It can and it will go down. And it explain, won't correct, exp- it'll burst. 
explain to um, uh, to me the the actual long term bubble of once the people who live in these big houses, once their kids go, they start to downsize and there's not a replacement for that group. So all of these houses sit pretty much empty or a crater in price soon. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, people say, well, well, no, that won't happen. I'm like, look, Japan did the same thing as we did. There's 8 million, just what you said, 8 million homes empty in Japan, and we, and we ain't seen nothing yet. And, that, and they got a third of the households we have. They, they maybe have like 55 million households, 8 million empty homes. China has 50 million-plus empty condos because they just build stuff for nobody to stimulate the economy and worry about it later. And and we're going to have this thing, yes, where all these baby boomers are going to start retiring, want to downsize, sell their McMansion, and they're going to turn around, and the echo boomers are going to be both too young to buy a McMansion from them. They're going to want an affordable starter house, and and as they have been, they're going to be scared to death to buy housing because they see a bad economy. It's harder to get loans, and they've seen housing go down. Baby boomers never saw housing go down their whole life, so they have this illusion that housing does not go down. I don't have that illusion because I've studied history. Harry, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll have you on again as uh, things progress. But um, good luck to you there in Puerto Rico. <laughs> safe, Stay safe. Harry Dent from yeah. Harry HarryDent.com. HarryDent.com. If you have not read his book, The Demographic Cliff, you don't really understand what's coming our way. He has put the science behind the numbers. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.